Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for January 20, 2022. So we're three weeks now into this brand new year. We've been hearing from God, walking with God, and I told you that this year would be a year of intentional progress for us. We're going to be intentional. We're going to be deliberate about the progress that we believe that God has already provided. So I'm not, when I say intentional, I mean that we want, that's a mindset, right? That we want to be focused on receiving what we believe God has already provided. It's not like we have to make it happen. So we're not striving for the victory. Victory is our starting point and our destination, right? We're going from victory to victory. We're going from faith to faith. We're doing it by faith. And so so it's, it's all about what God has already done. It's the grace of God. I'm going to talk about the grace of God today, and I'm excited about it. So I want you to open up your heart to receive what God is about to release. I want you to open up your heart to God's grace. So I trust that you've been enjoying this series. This is Learning Lessons from the Life of Jesus. This is part 10. Part 10. If you have missed any of the messages, you can go to todaysword.org or uh, youtube.com forward slash Rick Pina and watch the messages there. And so listen, part 10, we've been going through the life of Jesus from the gospel according to St. John. We looked at John chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 8, chapter 12, and then now we're in chapter 14. This is all part of a series where I've been reminding you that as it relates to intentional progress, then God gave me some steps to walk through in this series. It's probably going to take months. We're still on step number one, praying and discerning, right? But we're learning from the life of Jesus how to do this. Uh, But then we'll get into planning, preparing, waiting on God's timing, launching out in faith, measuring progress, adding patience to our faith, and then ultimately receiving when God says it's time to receive, because we got to be ready to receive when harvest time comes. So that said, let's continue with our series uh, as we're walking through this. Yesterday, we were in John 14 and 10. I love John 14 and 10. That's where we were yesterday. Jesus said in John 14 and 10, what do you mean? Show us the Father. Hey, what's wrong with you? Y'all been with you all this time? If you see me, you've seen the Father. Anything that I say, God is the Father who lives in me. He gives me the words and he performs the work. And so now, two verses later, John 14 and 12, he said, now I tell you the truth. So he said, now it's the Father who lives in me. He gives me the words. He performs the work. Now I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done and even greater works because I'm going to the Father. So I'm going to talk about John 14 and 12 today. Like, you know, a lot of times when I talk about Jesus, and I'm talking about the works that Jesus performed and how Jesus is our example. He's not just an example of us, he, uh, for us. He's an example of us and all of that. Uh, when I go through that, invariably, somebody's going to come to me and say, hey, Rick, cool, that's cool and everything, but I ain't Jesus, you know? And, and they go, I say, what? Well, you know, that, that was Jesus. I ain't Jesus. You know, Jesus, you know, Jesus knows who I am. You know, I ain't Jesus. And I'm like, yeah, but see, you're giving yourself a cop out. Basically, there are people that think, well, when we say Jesus is the example and how you got to see yourself as Jesus in the text and people are come, came to Jesus. So people will come to you. You are the answer to this world, world's problems. God will send you out and you got to see yourself as Jesus, not just the people come to Jesus, but you are the Jesus that people come to. Invariably, somebody's going to come to me and be like, yeah, but 
but I ain't Jesus, Rick. You know, I ain't trying to do all that. You know, I'm just trying. And, and in other words, what they're trying to say is Jesus is on another level and I'm not, you know, trying to be on that level. And that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches us that as Jesus is, so are we in this world. The, the Bible teaches that Jesus was one with the Father. So we could be one with the Father. The Bible teaches that Jesus was a human conduit of the divine. He didn't do anything. Yes. Was he the only perfect human? Yes. But he didn't do things in his perfect humanity. He did things through the divinity of the Holy Spirit. He yielded to the Holy Spirit so we could do the same. So let's get into the things for this morning. Here's the first point that I have for you this morning. Number one, you are called to do the work that Jesus did while he was on the earth. And I'm going to have to slow down and take my time on this because... I really want you to understand what I'm going to say in this first point. We are called to do the work that Jesus did, but don't get caught up on the word work. Jesus said, now the same works that I do, you're going to do, and even greater works. Now, the word work there, I understand that this word work can confuse people. Jesus was not saying work as in human performance because he never put the focus on his performance. I think a better word that could have been used is the word fruit. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm, I'm questioning Jesus. I'm just saying that Jesus was talking to people that understood work. They probably would not have understood fruit because they would have been like, what do you mean fruit? What are you talking about? But here's the point that I'm making. For you to understand the difference between work and fruit, I'm going to have to give you some context. And so let me set the stage. Uh, you know, let's zoom out a little bit. And sometimes you have to like, when you're, in a story or like John 14 and 10, we're right there. Sometimes you got to zoom out, look at the bigger picture, look at the overall context so you can better understand what's going on. So let's do that. I've done this before. I've done this many times, but let's do that. Jesus came. Let me zoom out for a minute. Jesus came to the earth to get us out of everything Adam, Adam got us into, right? So Adam got us into a mess because of Adam sin and death were introduced into the world. That's Satan's dynamic duo, sin and death. But because of Jesus, Jesus came to forgive us or redeem us of sin and provide us eternal life. He took the sting out of death. So Jesus came to the earth to get us out of everything that Adam got us into. Now, let me give you some more context. Adam didn't have the law. Adam had God's spirit living on the inside of him. Adam was not focused on the law. Adam just did whatever the Holy Spirit led him to do. Adam never went to school. Adam got revelation from the Father. He never had an education. And so he was led of the Holy Spirit in all things at all times. And he did everything that he did by the grace of God. Adam had one rule and he broke it. <laughs> and when he broke it, the Holy Spirit was removed. He was kicked out of the garden. And every human born after that is born because of Adam as a as a the legacy of Adam, we're born devoid of the Holy Spirit. And we're born under the penalty of sin and death. But Jesus came to redeem us and to get us out of all of that. But once again, let's talk, I'm, I'm going somewhere with the whole law thing. Let's talk about Abraham. So Abraham didn't have the law either. Abraham just believed God by faith. God told, he believed in a God that he could not see. In a time where people were worshiping idols, he believed in a God that he could not see, and he believed that this God that he could not see would manifest in his life in ways that he could see. And so he left, and he he was declared righteous by faith. He didn't have the law. 400 years later, the law was given. The And I've taught on this before, law versus grace and all of that, and the whole purpose of the law. The per There's nothing wrong with the law, right? It, it, the issue is not that the law is wrong. The issue is that the law is too right 
There's no human that could ever fulfill the law. Jesus was the only perfect human that ever fulfilled it. So, so rules can't make us right. Rules can show us when we're wrong. So the purpose of the law was to teach us that we needed a savior. <laughs> and so, so the, the law has, has served this purpose. The apostle Paul calls the law, the ministry of death. The whole point of rules, if you give your kids rules, they're going to break them. Rules can't make your kids right. Rules can only show you when your kids, kids are wrong. And so at the end of the day, the law put the emphasis on human performance. And you had, because of the commandments, you had humans that were striving to perform the law and to comply with the law to be pleasing in God's sight. This is why in John 1 and 17, New Testament, the, the apostle John says, well, the law was given by Moses but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So Jesus was, once again, I'm talking about context. Jesus was speaking to people that were law-minded and he was ushering in a different dispensation. It was the dispensation of grace. So the law, I've taught all of this before for, for years. The law requires, grace provides. And so when you have people that are religious, they're law-minded people. Religious people, focus on rules. <laughs> Grace-based people focus on God and his, his abundant ability and his grace. So the law requires, grace provides. The law, the spotlight is on man and man working for, for God. Under grace, the spotlight is on God and what God has already done for us and what God is willing to do through us because it's all about him, it's not about us. So that being the context Let's go back to what Jesus said. Jesus said, now the works that I do, you're going to do an even greater works because I go to the Father. Once again, I'm saying he could have said fruit, not works, because works, I think Jesus could have said, but once again, it was, it was because of the context and they probably wouldn't understand it. He could have said, now my life produces the fruit of the Father and soon your life is going to produce the same fruit. In Galatians, um, the apostle Paul did a good job of explaining the works of the flesh versus the fruit of the spirit. Now, did you catch that? The flesh is works. The spirit is fruit. So works are a result of effort. The sweat of your brow, that, that's part of the curse. Jesus came to redeem us of that. So works is a result of effort. Fruit is a result of life. Wherever there's life, there's going to be fruit. Fruit just is a result, a natural result of the emanating life. But works is a result of effort. So Jesus was not a works man. He was a fruit man. As a matter of fact, in the next chapter, chapter 15, Jesus explained, listen, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you're connected to me, you're going to produce fruit. You don't have to, once you're connected to me, you don't have to do anything to produce fruit. If you're connected to me, I'm the, I'm the giver of life. I'm the source of all life. All you have to be is connected to me. And if you are connected to me, your life will produce fruit. And matter, as a matter of fact, the father will come and look at your life and he will prune you so you can produce more fruit. Your life will produce fruit and your fruit will remain, but you're not the one creating the fruit because you can't. A vine can't make fruit happen. It comes from the source. It comes from the root. You see what I'm saying? So, so all we have to do is be connected to the father. So when Jesus said, yeah, the works that I do, you're going to do an even greater works. He wasn't putting the emphasis on man. I'm giving you context. He was putting the emphasis on God. He was saying God is the source, right? So all you have to do, yes, this is how I do it. I don't do works by me doing work, human effort, human power, human ability, human. No, he was like, I, 
I just do whatever the father wants me to do. Matter of fact, if you want to do what Jesus did, you got to have the same mindset. What was the mindset of Jesus? We've covered all of this in the series already. Jesus said, I can do nothing without the father. Jesus said, I did not come to this world to do what I want. I came to do only what the one who sent me wants me to do. He says, the words that I speak, they're not my words. I'm not the originator of the words. I'm the container. He's the content. He says, the words that I speak, they're not my words. The works that I perform, they're not my works. It's the father who lives in me. He gives me the words and he performs the work. So if you ever get to the point where you can die to self, stop relying on the arm of the flesh and enter into God's rest, you will get to the point where you can embrace the grace of God like Jesus did. And the fruit that his life produced will be the fruit that your life produces. But it won't be you doing it because you can't make fruit happen. All you got to be is be connected to the vine and the fruit will naturally come. Listen, there's a there's a there's some things that happen when they're natural. There's some things that are forced and there are other things that are natural. Religious people try to force it. That's why I believe God hates religion. Religious people put the spotlight on them. They're very judgmental. You see, he's not doing this. He's not doing that. He's not. I'm better than him because I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And they're trying to make things. God bless me because I'm doing all these things. You're forcing it. (laughs) You're like, there's too much of you in the way. Listen, fruit is a natural result of life. When you're connected to the father and you know, that's why I teach the grace life. When you're connected to the father. And you know that it's the father who lives in me. He gives me the words. He performs the work. Then there's no pressure on me. Like, I mean, what the only thing I have to do is be connected to the source. I'm connected to the father. He's life. His life flows through me. And then the fruit that my life produces is natural. And now I'm going to be able to sleep well. I'm not going to be stressed out because I'm not trying to make nothing happen. I'm just living naturally supernatural. I'm led of the Father. I have the divine impulses of the Holy Spirit. And as the Holy Spirit leads me, I go. As he tells me to say, I say. As he leads me to do, I do. Even at the risk of looking foolish. Yeah, there's going to be times where it seems like I'm crazy. It seems like I'm out of sync with the people down here in this world because I'm in sync with God. Okay, fine. But there's no pressure on me to perform. So so when I can say, you know what, Father, I'm only doing what you told me to do. I'm only doing it the way that you want me to do it. So there's no pressure on me because I'm not the author. I'm not the originator. I'm not the architect of my own life. No, I am submitted to the Father in all things. And this is the way that we're supposed to live. That's why out of those six steps, step number one is praying, discerning, being led of the Father. That's what I'm talking about. This is how we're supposed to live. It's the grace life. This is how Jesus lived. Number two, you're called to live the same way Jesus lived. In order for us to be used of the Father, like Jesus was used of the Father, we got to live the same way. Jesus minimized his humanity at every opportunity. You know what a lot of people do? They maximize their humanity. They they promote, even in ministry, oh my God, did I say that? Yes, I did. Even in ministry, people try to promote themselves. Even So it it could be in ministry and it can be in in, in business, it could be in the work or whatever. They try to promote themselves. They're, they're, They're out here trying to make their own name great. And Jesus minimized himself at every opportunity. He didn't rely on the arm of the flesh. Listen, the Father will make your name great. The Father will do it. By the grace of God, I can testify. I can say that God has made my name great, that that Rick Pina is a good name. 
I have a good name, but I didn't do it. It's the Father living through me. I'm not relying on the arm of the flesh. Jesus submitted to the Father in all things. He put the Father's will above his will every day. He died to self. Watch this. Jesus didn't labor to get things done. He only labored to enter into God's rest. See, the whole thing with the curse, the, the sweat of your brow, when you think that you have to make everything happen, I'm going to go get her and I'm going to go get it. You're relying on yourself. You're relying on the arm of the flesh and you're trying to make things happen. It's like, uh, remember when Simon was, Peter was known as Simon the fisherman? Jesus comes up to him. It was like, excuse me, Mr. Fisherman. He was like, yeah, what's up, Mr. Preacher Man? It was like, yo, I want to use resources from your fishing business to preach the gospel. And so he was like, all right, cool. So he gives him his boat. He gives him his time. He positioned him. He used stuff from his fishing business to invest in Jesus's ministry. Jesus preached. And as a result, Jesus was like, well, since you invested from your fishing business, here's my father, who's the Lord of the harvest, is going to make sure you reap a harvest on every seed sown. Go out there and let down your nets for a catch. And, and Simon, the fisherman, was like, well, listen, I'm the fisherman. You're the preacher man. You don't know nothing about fishing. I've been fishing all night long. I've been toiling. I've been working hard, and I didn't get nothing. <laughs> and matter of fact, now it's too late. It's, it's like I fish with nets. I don't fish with a rod. I fish with nets. And so people who fish with nets, we fish at night. If I throw out the net now in the middle of the day, the fish are going to see the net and swim around it. And Jesus was like, well, I'm just telling you. He was like, okay, fine, fine. But since you said it, I'm going to try it anyway. Jesus told them, let down your nets, plural. He only threw one net because he really didn't believe. And when he threw it, boom, he got a net-breaking, boat-sinking load of fish, right? And why? Because Jesus was like, you're, you're focused on effort. I'm focused on grace. You just ministered to me from your fishing business. So I'm giving you an opportunity to receive from your fishing business. It's not about human effort. It's about the grace of God. Jesus didn't stress over stuff. Jesus entered into God's rest. When, when a human is working, God is resting. But if you can ever learn how to rest, then God will work through you. That's why the writer of Hebrews said you got to labor to enter into God's rest. It's not easy. You, it's, it's counterintuitive. But you got to work on not working. You got to work on not getting stressed out when you know that you're doing what God has told you to do. But things are not looking right. You're looking at your numbers. You're looking at the progress and you're like, mm, it's not there. You got to labor to enter into God's rest. You got to work on not getting so caught up in the flesh that you feel like you got to go do something. Listen, only do whatever the father leads you to do. You got to learn how to enter into God's rest. God can do through you what he did through Jesus, but we got to live the same way. Jesus discerned things. It wasn't about learning. It was about discerning. Jesus discerned. He followed the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And then he only did whatever the Father led him to do. So he was a human conduit of the divine. And that's how we're supposed to live. Listen, God will do in, with, and through you what he did in, with, and through Jesus. But we got to work on not working. We got to learn how to enter into God's rest. And once we do, and we give ourselves over to God, then God will do through us what he planned to do through us from the foundations of the world. Number three, last thing, you are called to make a divine impact in this world like Jesus did, but you got to live like Jesus lived. So all Jesus did was this. I have a human body. I have a human will, and I'm going to give this all over to the father. He gave it to the father. He surrendered to the father in all things. He was led of the Holy Spirit in all things. So the combination of Jesus's surrender and the Father's commitment, right? So you have a human that's surrendered. You have a God that's committed. When you bring those two things together and you have a God that's saying, I don't need your ability. I just need your availability. I have the ability. 
I have grace. I'm going to put my super on your natural. So I'm going to call you to do things that you can't do anyway. So I'm not looking for you to do it. I'm the one who wants to do it. What I need you to do is get out of the way. If you will give yourself over to God and let God use you, put a super on your natural, then God will do stuff through you. I'm telling you, he will do things through you that you never imagined you could do because it won't be you doing it. It will be the Father living through you. You will leave an indelible mark in this world that will not easily be erased when you die to your human impulses and you yield to the divine impulses of the Holy Spirit. So if you want to be used of God, if you want to leave an impact in this world, if you want to have a legacy of righteousness that will outlive you, the secret to success in Christ, I've told you this a million times, the secret to success in Christ is not more trying, because if it was about trying, we would have got there already. We've been trying for years. The secret to success in Christ is not more trying, it is more dying. So you don't have to try harder, you need to die harder. And the church said, amen. Let's, I, I trust that you're enjoying these lessons from the life of Jesus. I know that I am. This is part 10 and we'll continue to go. So let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. Stop stressing over stuff. I want you to speak this over your life. Say, Father, I thank you for teaching me about your amazing grace. There was a time in my life when my life was all about me. I relied on my power, my ability, my strength, and my effort. I thought I had to do everything on my own. I thought I had to go create the life that I wanted. But I have now learned that you already planned out an amazing life for me. And you are willing to make that life happen through me. My job is to believe it, to receive it, and to die to self so you can bring it to pass. I declare that I do. I enter into your rest. I no longer rely on the arm of the flesh. You live through me and my life produces fruit. It is amazing fruit and the fruit remains, but I'm not making it happen. I'm just connected to the vine. My life is not about me. My life is all about you. So I give myself over to you, Father, every day. This is how I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. So please apply it and prosper. Listen, it's so liberating. I mean, it's so, the grace of God is so freeing. The grace life, this is what I'm talking about. When you, when you stop relying on you and you enter into God's rest, there's no limit to what God can do through you because there's no limit to God and he's amazing. So do me a favor, two things. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. And then number two, share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline and with your friends. I love you. God loves you more. Have an amazing day. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.